Yeah, yeah, I can send it out. Yeah. Okay. Boker Tov, everyone. The month of Adar, our learning for the month of Adar, is sponsored by the Aaron family in honor of the 20th wedding, their 20th wedding anniversary and their son's 18th birthday. Anonymously for the refuge theme of Kol of Chole Am Yisrael. Shachar and Alex Avram, celebrating one year for the mitzvah of Yeshiva Aretz, which I, doesn't make sense. No, mamash, it's like, you could have, said, could have said here seven years, it would have felt that. And your wedding anniversary, Mazel Tov. John John Brook, in memory of Chayle Abbas Yosef, Zichon Livracha. Uh, Brenton Jolie Eisen, in memory of Zelda Reisenbach, Meir Chaim, Zichon Livracha. Let me see if there's one specific for today, because there's been a lot of dailies. Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday, and Mutsash. Oh, and the we- uh, sorry, the weekly sponsorship, Eva and Josh Goncher, in honor of Josh's birthday, and in honor of the Goncher's one and a half year anniversary. Everyone's... Happy birthday to our sons. Three and a quarter, you know, whatever it is. All right. Oh, Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, did, did, uh, are there are there extra papers there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. All right. So, let's face it. It's kind of uh, it's kind of hard to remember that it's Chodesh Adar <laughs> this year. <laughs> very interesting, you know. Very interesting how we are supposed to remember that it's Chodesh Adar this year. If it wasn't for all the learning and activities, I don't know if we'd have like the ability to really to just have that ingrained in us. But Chayavim, Lom Shanema. And we have an Inyan of Boketov, we have an Inyan, obviously, of not just that it's Adar, but there's this active flow throughout Adar that's called Marbim. It's called Marbim. Marbim is an active state of adding, of more, of more and more. There's a lot of tires on this. We're going to see something really beautiful from Rabbi Tzadok HaKoyin, not too complicated today, of explaining to us the language of Chazal. What is this language? And there are a lot of things that the, this, puzzle, this statement from Chazal, from Masachet Ta'anit, is implying. That, remember, the Lashon of the, of the Gemara and Ta'anit is, Keshem shemishenichnas av mema'atin besimcha, just like when av comes in, we lessen in simcha, so too, when other comes in, we're marbim besimcha. That means that there's something that already exists. What's it called? Simcha. You're just marbim it. You're just making more of it. Reb Tzadik is going to say, and the assumption that simcha is already in the air comes from where? Where does that come exactly? So we're going to have to look at a few aspects, different, different ways of looking at this statement for us to plug into the essence of this month in a really, really, really beautiful way. It's a very beautiful piece from Rav Tzadik. Inyan mishenichnas adar marbin besimcha. And why dafka is the simcha in this month? You could have, we could have had other months where we would thought it'd be more shayach to say the inyan of simcha should be the topic, should be the dancing, right? Bari benisan ikar geulat Yisrael. Could have been nisan. I mean, tell me, like, mishenichnas nisan marbin besimcha? I would have very much understood that. You know, Cheruz, Yitziat Mitzrayim. Or Besivan, Kabbalat Torah. When I got the Torah, if you would have told me Mishinichnas, Sivan, Marbin Besimcha, I could have understood that as well. And Ubesukot, Bichlal. 
Sukkot is, man, is actually called Zman Simchatenu. How come we're not like running in and out of sukkahs when we're doing sukkah hopping? It even sounds better. Sounds much better. And it's even called in the davening Zman Simchatenu. So Reb Tzadok's question is very, you know, And we don't say about Nisan or about Sivan or even about Tishrei, Marbin Besimcha. That's question number one. Why Dafka here is the Lashon of Marbin Besimcha? Great question. We learned a piece a few years ago, and we touched upon it this week, last week again, that the Simcha of Adar used, there was also Simcha of Adar that was before the story of Purim. And that was a Simcha of a month of excitement towards what was going to happen in Rosh Chodesh Nisan, which was the Hakamat HaMishkan. So it was a, it's a month of passion with a, 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 wrapped with basically excitement and passion. But in this piece, he's, he's not going to, I don't think he's really going to go there. But So to answer your question, yes, for this year, but in, in the reality of the world, there was once this beautiful month of Adar, which came before Purim, right, the story of Purim, and that functioned as a, as a source of Simcha due to our excitement towards what was, a, what was about to happen in Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Which also relates to the statement of Ma'atim Simcha connecting to the destruction of in Am. Yafeh, yafeh me'od. And the Machzid HaShekel, nachon? That's the Chidush Arim says, Machzid HaShekel represents the passion. That I was, I was a part of, of donating to something that was going to happen. That was like a big thing for me. Okay. Magam, so that's the first question. Why Dafka is this over here? Okay, now the second thing is like this. Why, why, why Dafka Marbin? Like, what does that mean? Mashma deyesh simcha tamid, meaning there's always simcha, ela deaz marbin ba. It's just that now you have, we're having, you have more of it. Ve'ez simcha tamidit yesh li Yisrael biyotam bagalut. What, what permanent simcha or constant simcha does Am Yisrael have in Galut that we're talking about? You understand? If you, like we said in the beginning of Shir, if you say marbim, that means something's there and you're making more of it. So he's coming to the conclusion, okay, so there's like this permanent simcha, this constant simcha that Am Yisrael has, and then in Adar, it just, it just becomes more. What is that simcha? Because if, if, if it wasn't there, Chazal wouldn't say the word marbim, what, what, what word would they have said? Mishenichnas Adar? Tiyu b'simcha. Yeah, b'diyut. Bi b'simcha. Marbim, make more of what exists. Interesting two questions, nachon? Are they clear? Go weiter. Yofi. Aval vaday ha-kavana. What's the meaning here? Al simchat Yisrael b'ashem ma'uzam. The simcha. First he's going to answer, I think, the second question. For sure the kavana here is the simcha of Am Yisrael in Hashem, their ma'oz. Ma'oz is their rock hold, their strength. K'mo shekatuv, simchu b'Hashem v'gidu tzadikim v'harninu kol yishveilev. Rejoice in Hashem, rejoice tzadikim, have the praise all those whose heart 
is straight. Yishrei lev. Vehu simcha, it's referring to simcha shel mitzvot v'torah. This is a simcha of mitzvahs and Torah, which we always have. Simchat midit. As long as I have... As long as I have a mitzvah to do, as long as I have Torah to learn, I have simchat midit. I, I do have a permanent, I could be in a permanent state of simcha if I'm aware of what's, what I have at, all, at any given time. That the rules of Hashem are straight and they bring joy to the heart. This is, this is very important. That's why I made it in bold. Hayashrut. What does yashrut mean? Yeah, but what, is it, what do you think it means over here? I would say more like integrity, alignment, feeling aligned. Feeling aligned gives birth to happiness and rejoicing in the heart. The heart feels simcha when it feels that it's in the right place. Now, a Jewish heart can only feel like it's in the right place in the context of the Torah. There is no other way, there is no other... If we just you know, banked on our emotions to make us feel good or not, we, it's a very dangerous place. Our, what gives us the, the, the hachvana, the focus, the direction, is what, exactly what we're saying right now. The Torah, is the yash, that's the yashrut, that's the alignment which brings birth it gives birth to simcha in the heart. Like, think about it. We know we're doing a lot of, you know, we're doing a lot of good things and everything, but how could it be that we still feel sad? It's because even though we know we're doing a lot of good things, we don't feel necessarily aligned with, with who we really are, right? And what we're really supposed to do. But then I have moments where it's just clear to me, like this, you know, with all the good things that are happening around me, there's also something happening inside of me. And when I feel good inside of me, due to being in touch with holiness and with Torah and mitzvahs, this, being, this gives birth to simcha in the heart. I'll give you a great example. A great example. There was someone that was watching the, the Zayin Adar Itvadut on YouTube, because they were, they were streaming it live this past Monday night. It's been a week, right? It's past Monday night. The person texted me after Sheer, after the thing, and said, I want you to know something. I barely understood a word he said. <laughs> but something about, about the presence of the context of holiness and feeling, feeling in, in the garden of Torah, when the Sheer was over, I felt like every cloud of suffolk that was pulling me to every direction other than me, was lifted from above me. I immediately signed up to the chesed committee of my shul, to lead the chesed committee of my shul, and I feel so driven to do what my heart knows to do best. What's the word he just said? Hayashrut molid simcha balev. Hamash, that's the text I got. Like late at night, uh, Monday night. Hayashrut molid simcha balev, this alignment this like removal of a cloud, this removal of the fog, brings birth to simcha that, that's in the heart. Kitumat yesharim tanchem, that means the tam, the, the simplicity of the, of the person that's just walking the straight line, really brings consolement to ourselves. Veholech betom yelech betach, 
And that person that goes with Tamimus, with Tamimus in the world, they go with certainty. They go, they walk with security. And they don't feel like they're lacking anything. You know, when you know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're not lacking a thing. Even if you are lacking a lot of different variables to do what you have to do, you're not. You're not lacking a thing. Therefore, he says, Therefore, those whose hearts are aligned, there's integrity, they feel that it's straight, they have a sense of simcha in this world. Now, he says, he says like this, he's going to like pull an ishbitz here. It sounds like this is like Rib Tzadok taking the ishbitzer and really bringing it into his own language so beautifully. You notice the Rav Ginsberg did two ishbitzers during, did you notice that? I thought it was just for me. It wasn't. I, 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 was, I was almost cracking. I was, I was so happy. I almost started to like, you know, like that when he was doing that. But I try not to make eye contact with anyone. Okay. Who gets to be like this? Who gets to live a life of alignment? Who gets to really have a situation that they have a real simcha in their heart. Who really gets that? What's that? That's what he says. Ki bipnimiyut Yisrael amech kulam tzadikim. It really, really, each one of you, each one of us, we are be'emet in the real us, in the most aligned state of who we really are. We really are tzadikim. In the most aligned state that we could possibly be. Do you know this language? Do you know what the context is? Yeah. So he's saying that a person that let's say he has a problem with, with the with, he's he's refusing a get, right? So the Baisdin. So the Baisdin has an Indian, he say you could coerce him, right? Until he says, I want it. So how, everyone's asking, that's called like that's real like is that real? So the same thing, same thing. Same language. same language as well. I say, because why? In the Pneumius, we believe, no, no, he really wants to do the good thing. Like, who he really is is someone that wants to do the good thing. And that's how we have to look at every Yid in Am Yisrael today. And it's so hard. Mm-hmm. But we have to believe. Every Jew, Mamash, every single Jew, we have to believe that despite what may seem to us to be the opposite of everything that we believe in, everyone really, really, really wants, wants the truth, wants the light, wants the right thing. Now, you, you're catching me in a very optimistic morning. I, I, that's because I didn't check the news in 15 minutes, right? It's very, very hard. Very hard. He's saying we, co- we put this fear, this coercion on this person because we know that a person that's in a state of saying, I do not want to do this, meaning I don't want to comply with Bezdin, it's not him speaking. It's as it's as So we, the, the Beis Din says, listen, we, we we know you really really do want to do 
the right thing, and we're gonna force, we're gonna help you, we're gonna force you until you actually, we help you realize what you really want, okay? And the pnimius, why? Because the pnimius, kol Yisrael yishlem chelik olamba sheneemar veamech kulam tzadikim leolam yeshu aretz. Now he continues. The kol hayashus shebalev in the next paragraph. All of the, this straight notion that's in the heart, it comes from being in a place of tamim tiyayim Hashem alakecha. And what does it mean in this context, tamim tiyayim Hashem alakecha? That I know there's a ruler, there's a leader, there's a creator, basically, there's nothing else. And when I have, when I walk with that emet, you know what that causes? Ze mefashet kol akmumiyut shebalev. It straightens out any crookedness which may still be in the heart. Remember what Reb Nachman says, what else causes crookedness to straighten? The shofar. The call of the shofar, the voice of the shofar, when you hear it, that ra'am, that thunder, so the thunder does this as, uh, to us as well, that thunderous sound also straightens out any crookedness. So if Nachman says, you know, I don't have the shofar all year long, although we have some hippie chava that actually are with the shofar all, every day, <laughs> or at least every wedding or whatever, but usually we're not blowing shofar every day. So what's that voice that gets the crookedness to be straightened out? A tmimus dika krechts. You know what that means? The most simple, pure, and honest, oy, Hashem. That, but let me know, a loud one, a really loud one, right? We're just, the chavah is still davening in the room, but, amash, a, a simple, oy, a simple scream, also, it straightens any crookedness that may be in the heart. And now, even if you have your yetzer that's wrapped around you like a snake in your, on your heel, and really, according to your actions, you, don't, you say to yourself, I don't fall under v'amech kulam tzadikim. Who am I kidding? He says, no, no, no. Ki kula ma'aminim b'nei ma'aminim. Everyone's a ma'amin ben ma'amin. The emuna is takua, in a, in a good way. Takua over here means not like, not in a bad, you know, usually we say, we could say, oh, nitkati, I got stuck. No, here it's like, it's good. It's, it's stuck in, it's like rooted. It's rooted in the heart of every Jew. The emuna, that's within every yid that everything is from Hashem, is what causes the straightness of the heart to take place. Meaning, this is, brings you to a state of simcha. Even if you don't feel like it's simcha, it's simcha in the heart. And simcha in the heart is what you want more than anything. Much more than simcha of like, uh, let's dance. Simcha of the heart. Yishrei lev simcha. Everything's from Hashem, einod milvado. That gives birth to simcha in the heart and it straightens my heart from being akum. Now, what does it mean to have a heart that's akum, a heart that's crooked? Let's talk about that for a second. What does that mean, ak- lev akum? It's a very, very intense, suspicious, mm-hmm. meaning what? 
What does that mean? But people or Hashem is out to get you. Right. Anyone ever here feel that Hashem is out to get them? <laughs> it's only one brave enough person to raise their hand. But yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Suspicion. What else is Lev Akum? Huh? Ego. Ego. So, but explain. So what does that mean? Ego is always the answer. But I'm saying like, what's what does that mean? Blockage makes it not not yashar, yeah. Loving or worshiping the wrong thing can make, be a leva kum, yeah. Nachon. Distracted. Yeah, that's the same nachon. I think it's very. Uh, I think loving and worshiping the wrong thing distracts you from 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 what you really love and what you really want to serve. Suffolk brings that, of course. Suffolk is definitely causes a leva akum. And yet, so for everything, everything that was said right now, Reb Tzadik says, and then, then there's the moment of like, you know what, I'm sure I believe in all that, and yet, Tamim Tehem Hashem Alakecha, Hashem, all these, everything, I know it's from you. And I, when I, if, I could, if I could like make myself so simple and be like, but I'm choosing to be like that, Reb Tzadik says, the heart, suddenly, all those crooked lines suddenly just goes straight when I say, all of this was from you, even the doubts were from you, in order for me to choose that it's just you. Right? Easy. <laughs> but what, he, what he's saying here is that we, we actually have that power in us. Like, that's the most amazing thing. I mean, have, every, just look at the women in this room. Have, think of all this, the sfekos and distractions that you've had in the last week, okay? Or the last two weeks. Maybe even say from the beginning of this year for a second, for the sake of what I'm going to say. How many of your distractions were solved and therefore now you're here learning Torah? None. <laughs> you understand? Now where... Yafeh, exactly. Where does that come from? It comes from the Amech Kulam Tzadikim that in the Pninius you choose Tmimus. You think you're not capable, and you always say, I wish I could just be a simple... Well, only simple people that don't have their problems, their deep, deep philosophical problems solved, choose to just keep on going with the program because they have this, this orzaro latzadik simcha going on, and they know I still have Torah and mitzvahs. I, have, I can always go, not as a, a cop-out, I go to Enod Milvado, but because I know deep down inside, that is what's going. It's not even about solving all the problems. That's just the MS. It's right. The highest is even in the place where you do have an answer. What? The highest is even in a place where you do have an answer to still be tamim. But half the time, the answer. One say, do you understand that? Yeah. Whatever answer it is, whatever answer it is, even there to say. 
even there, even in the places that make sense to me. Zatomeret, looking at, like during the Seuda, did you ever, I don't know if you've ever done this, during the Purim Seuda, to actually get up and like look at each bedroom and look in the fridge and look at everything that you paid with your own money, which is ki'ilu yada, I understand how I got this, and to say, my tmimus is, you gave this to me, right? I, to understand, like, of course, kshani lo lagid tov, meyre. But we're going to see, but on Purim, it's actually even those things that I can understand how and why I have them is even takes is, the, is, a, is a much higher level of simcha. What were you going to say, Shoshana? Um, I was just going to say that even the, an- the answers are not really answers. It's, it's always about how you're looking at it. It's always, it's always about your eyes and how you're seeing things, right? So, I mean, most of the time we don't have the answers. We just change our perspective on what the question right. is. So, I remember Ellen, I was talking yesterday about how, how shirim are like, like a chiropractor. It's like, it actually goes exactly with this. Like, or, or I often say, like, on ways, like, you recenter. You know, it's like, it's not really, it's not like all my, all my questions right, are answered, right, but it's just right. like, oh, I'm back in, like, where I can keep on moving forward. Like, back in, like, That's so true. It's so true. It's so true. It's just, it's so painful for the one that needs, it's like, no, no, no. I need the the answer. I, I need in order to be authentic. I need to have an you know to have that. So the saying, you, even if you even if you got the answer, going to Tamim Tiyam Hashem Lokecha is the the most straightest way. It's what's going to give you the most simcha in your heart, even more than an answer. V'zewa simcha. This is, the, this is the permanent simcha, the constant simcha that a yid has. I was born a Jew, or I, we believe by Gerim, they have Nisham of Yidin. I, I chose to be a Jew, this is now in me. When I was planted, then the 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 mata, the the grove of Hashem to, to glorify the seed of Jacob. This is simcha that doesn't have any sadness with it. This is something we spoke about a few months ago. There are things that, there is simcha that has sadness with it, then there's simcha that doesn't have, don't have any sadness with it. Just the mere fact of this is the grove that which I was planted, and to stop there for a second, there's a, that's such a simcha. Remember, Purim is the day of becoming more Jewish. The Megillah says that a lot, of, a lot of people from you know it says a lot of people started becoming Jewish. It's not clear what that means exactly, but the way we learned it is that the whole thing is Ish Yehudi Haya So the focus of Purim of, of Simcha of others is like just being more of what I already am, more and more of what I already am. I think he, here he's really answering that question. Like, what does it mean to become more Jewish is to resort to 
that which brings your heart the most simcha, and that is the tamim teim Hashem lokecha einod milvado. I have Torah and mitzvahs. I have shears that help me a lot. They, and it's so good. I really love what you were talking about because it's so true. Rev Weinberger once said, you know, you ever realize like after a while, all the different svarim all sound the same, right? But, but, but all the tzaddikim, all the, it, at a certain point, like it all sounds like it's the same thing. But who, can, who says they have enough alignment in their life? Who could say such a thing? I, I'm aligned, I'm aligned plenty, I'm fine. Yashrut is a constant tnu'ah. Rav Ginsburg speaks a lot about the tnu'ot ha-nefesh, right? He always speaks about this, the movements, not the movements, but the tnu'ah, how would you say that? Yeah, the direction of the flow of the soul. Becoming more and more of a Jew is becoming more and more aligned with the most natural state of the flow of the neshama, and that is t'mimusim pshitus amech kulam tzadikim. And that, that really does come out from the story of Purim. You know how many times I wonder, like, how come we didn't see a rebellion back then of other Jews having rebellion against God, saying, why, you know, instead of, like, davening to Hashem to save us, how do you have the chutzpah to do this to us now that we've, we've just been kicked out of Eretz Yisrael, right? How, how many years after the story, how many, how many years after Churban Abayit did the story of Purim take place? Right there. It's Mamish, right, it was right after, right? And how long does the story of Purim take place for? Nine, nine and a half years, right? So you have to realize everything's so fresh. So I'm wondering, like, how come over here the Chavre weren't, like, you know, because, of, because even in that place, having every taina of Hashem, like, like you have stories of people that lost their whole family in World War II. They came to Eretz Yisrael, they started a family, and one of their children, Ebuch, is killed in the war, and then still, they still are holding on to something. Where? Where does it come from? Because the simcha of the fact that I was planted in this vineyard, in the grove of Hashem, to bring glory to the house of Yaakov, to Beit Yisrael, fills me with something that I can't explain, but it's my natural self, my natural being, is the tmimut. My natural being is really I'm that I believe in the statement which is which Purim brought out in us. So the second line. The ain shum third baron paragraph, second line Vem Shum Davara Hotsetsu Meakev Bad Simchazo Mashezachaliot Khelek Belukim Chaim. Nothing is chotzetz, nothing is meakev, nothing is comes between a Jew and that reality, that truth, that this is our chilek, to be part of the living God. Yes, you've been a bad boy, you've been a bad girl. Your Avera count is like seeing like new, uh, new records. Nonetheless, the root of your soul has not been completely amputated and disconnected. Sorry, this is impossible. You could try as hard as you want, but it's impossible. Why? You're an enakal of Yaakov Avinu. Because his, we say by Yaakov Avinu, he set up shop for us. He set up shop, his bedside was full, he had all the sons there. They were all there, it was complete. From that moment on, 
A Jew can never stop being a Jew, even if they're the worst Jew in the world. A Jew can never be fully menutak from the Shoresh, even if they try to do everything that they can to be disconnected. How many videos have I seen recently of like Chabadniks finding 102-year-old men, veterans, that are never put on tefillin and swore they never would? And they're putting on tefillin. I saw one yesterday on their 102nd birthday. These things, they have these stories all the time. How could it be? We don't have this by like a Chinaman that moved to Peru three generations ago. But his children are mamish every uh, Chinese New Year. It's like with such dvekas to, to, to hold on to the... I don't even know what that means. Like the, you know, it doesn't, these things don't exist. These things don't exist. Unless they do. And, uh, but I, I really don't think they do. This is something that, this is something that comes from, from awareness. And, and when I have that awareness, what happens to me? Alignment. That, that's what he's saying. When I have that awareness again, what happens to me? Yishrei lev simcha. Alignment which, which brings simcha into my heart. V'zewa simcha, second to bottom paragraph, she'tzarich liot la'adam ba'avodato. When I serve Hashem, this is the simcha that comes with my service of God. K'mo she'katuv, yivdu et Hashem b'simcha. A'afal pi she'tzarich liot gamken b'yira. Even though it also has to have yira, because we say v'gidu b'yira'da, have, have rejoice even with re'ada, that means more awe, with fear. Nonetheless, even, even though you're in a state of fear from Hashem, simcha is always there. Is there any greater thing? I'm going to say something that sounds so like given and so corny almost, and so from, but it's like important. It, could there be a greater simcha than, ser- than consciously serving God? What could be a greater simcha than being aware of serving God while you're serving God? Watching your kids do it. <laughs> Same thing. That's still you. What else is there? Right? What else is there? What else gives simcha? What else could really could really bring the alignment? What 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 else could it really 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 be? Nothing, nothing else. simcha Is there any greater simcha than that? simcha zo marbin with this simcha of what we're speaking about right now that there is no greater simcha. And consciously serving Misha Amar Vaya Olam, serving the Creator of the world, this is this is what gets more. This is the see, everything we said right now is true for every day of the year, but in Adar this Simcha kind of like gets more. What's the right word? Uh, accelerated. That be the right word? Like intensified more, more Marbin. The month that was flipped over from agony and pain to simcha. Why? Why, Dafka, does this get more in this month of Adar? Because now listen to what he says. He ties it all together. This is amazing. What was Haman's plan? Haman's plan was the final solution. That was Haman's plan. 
Give it other words. What does that mean? Right, which and in the context of this teaching, what was he trying? Huh? To completely uproot the concept that there are people that become aligned through Torah and mitzvahs, through the word of God. That's what he was trying to do. In the, Sorry? Or even such a concept of alignment, bichlal, bichlal, bichlal. And meaning the, very good, and the state of the world would be akum. That would be the state of the world. Crooked, crookedness. And everyone would think that that is the norm and that that's natural. And we see this in the world today. That is normal. That is natural. What? Without, you know, today you have to be so careful. Any word you say, you're, you become a rotseach. So I, I'm not even giving examples anymore these days because anything I've said the last week about anything you just gets shechted and attacked. Even if I tell someone I'm so happy for their simcha. Yeah, roughly. <laughs> I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> happy to see me? Like, is that how you would talk to your enemy? Like, you know, anything. So just saying like this, it's like it's an amazing thing. Haman wanted to uproot Tamimus. He wanted to uproot alignment. He wanted to uproot the concept of, of, of Yashar from the world. Shelo Yizacher Shem Yisrael Od. And so it says that never happened before in the history of the world. This wasn't the state Begalut Mitzrayim, Ubavel, Uparas, Derak Shi Abdum. This wasn't the situation by Mitzrayim, where in Mitzrayim it was enslavement. And yes, Paro wanted to get rid of the firstborns, but there was still a concept called the Jewish people that he was enslaving. But to uproot the existence of the people of Yashrut in the world, this is what it was. I always thought of the people in Shushan to be like completely secular. Like it's not like they really, they're already not on Yashar. They're like, no, they but based on this whole piece, yeah, not, they still the had it in them. They were uprooted spiritually. No, he's talking about uprooting them you know, completely, completely, completely. And even if that's true, based on this piece, they're not, you're never really completely disconnected, right? Amalek, third line. This is the root of Amalek. That we are commanded to wipe him out. And to get rid of any memory of him, anything. Mida keneged mida. Why is it mida keneged mida? Bidiyuk is exactly what he wanted to do to us. So now let's just get a little bit, a little bit crazy now. Who is a malik today? Who is a malik today? Rav Soloveitchik told us very clearly who a malik is today. Everyone's so scared to say it. But then you say it's Rav Soloveitchik, so everyone's like, oh, so it must mean that it's, you know, it's Yashar. Who is a Malik today? Anybody that wants to kill you is a Malik today. Sof Pasuk. Can we say nations anymore? We probably could. <laughs> we probably could, but forget about nations. Just, just the simple... Someone that wants to kill you for being a Jew is a Malik. This is not Rabbi Kahana. That's what Soloveitchik said this. Okay? But you have to just... Simple. Like a simple thing. Haman wanted to kill us. <laughs> Amalek wants to kill us, wants to, wants to uproot us completely from who we are. Mida keneged mida, you don't get, leave the mezeche today. Now, why Hashem made this puzzle so, so like, uh, interesting that we can't say it today on any specific nation, 
Eliyahu is going to come and explain that one to us. It would be so much easier to do that, right? Be'ezot Hashem Eliyahu should come very soon and, 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 and yeah. bring, that, bring down that light to us. So Haman, just to understand, so Haman, he wants, when you say uproot, you're saying kill our very bodies, like meaning our physical existence. It wasn't our souls. It was... You can't kill our souls, but he wanted to kill us. He wanted to kill our... Right? Very good. Hanukkah was a spiritual genocide, was an attempt for a spiritual genocide. Purim was like, like she said, Purim was, Purim was the third Reich. Purim was, Lashmid, Laharog, Uleabed. These are the, the words we keep on saying in the Megillah. To, 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 to Lashmid, to Hashmada. That means, Shma'a? Annihilation. Annihilation. To, uh, to annihilate, to, to, to get rid of, to kill us, murder, Ensla- enslavement, in shiabud, enslavement. Yeah, he had like a mixture of a little bit of both, but it wasn't like this, it wasn't, it was not, yeah, he was trying to, yeah. No, but even in Mitzrayim, we say that we had a we had a, we had a Masoret, which was which was what kept you know we had Shiloni Shilunit Shmam Levusham Lishonam. We always had something. By Purim, it was murder. Pashut Merod, Pashut Merod. Although imagine if the story of Purim happened today, right? Chas v'shalom, right? What would what would the the it says, you know, in the, in the story of the Megillah Esther, people, they were, they were writing, Shloach Sfarim Beyad HaRatzim Basosim Rochvei HaRetesh. Like, they were writing up the story that it was happening. Can you imagine if today, they were, people, they were writing up the story of what was happening? What's that? Nachon. Nachon. And it's, that energy is still in the air. Nachon. It was like a picture that went around, I think it was in, but When did now now here he ties it all together? Here he ties it all together. When did Amalek where was the location where Amalek came and attacked us first? It's a place called Refidim. Why is it called Refidim? Rashi tells us. Sherafu Yedehem Torah that they started getting weak with Divrei Torah at that moment. Refidim, Rafu Yediyem Torah, which means, based on what we learned right now, the moment that that which brings you the most tmimus in your real heart, in your heart of hearts, stops being around you, and you, you, you don't take it that seriously anymore, Torah, Amalek's right there, because he knows that as long as the soul is connected to what makes it feel most alive, no Amalek or Haman has anything on us. But the second, and, and that's why it's, you know, what you were saying before about that they were all you know, secular by then, whatever that means, that makes a lot of sense. Because Haman's like, I smell the, un- the, the disalignment, right? I smell, I could say, this is a great time right now to come and, come and, and grab them because they're not feeling that or is a rule of simcha, right? So this is why uh, Rav Tzadik is saying, look where Amalek first comes and chaps us. 
כשנזדווג לישראל ברפידים. That's the place. שיצא עליהם ללחום עמהם. מה שלא עשו כן אז עדיין שום אומה. No one, no one dared did this to us after what we went through with Kriyas Yamsov. And, and you know, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Kriyas Yamsov. Who would dare do that to us? They were the first. Because they sensed a little bit of weakness on our part from what we're being connected to what generally, spiritually aligns us the most. They smell it immediately. It's a, what's a, better, what's a more accurate word for scary? Um, it's, it's demanding, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. The Mitzrayim hayu benehem v'shiabdum, like we said before, we were amongst them. Mitzrayim, they were enslaving us. Milchemet Sichon ve'og v'ashar, and the wars we had with all these countries, that was just basically because we were going to Eretz Yisrael and it was, a, it was a war with Am Yisrael that was more territorial. It wasn't, it wasn't this type of war. But this Amalek comes out against us. Okay, they all left Egypt. And they're all together in the same place right now. Amalek's like, hey, I could knock them all off right now because they're all, they're all together. What does Haman say about the Yidin? Yeshno am echad. Mefuzar meforad ben amim. So he's hinting, he's saying, what we need to do is round them up. That's what, he, that's what he's saying. We need to round them up. This is the lesson of the Megillah. Again, yeshno am echad mefuzar meforad Ben Amim. Vedateem shonot mikol am. They do their own thing. Vedatea melech enam osim. And they don't follow order. These are all anarchists. They're all anarchists. They don't follow order. So this is Amalek. He says, I, I got them all in the, in, the, in the right place. Yuchal chas veshalom la'akoret akol. I can now uproot everything, Amalek says. This, now I'm going back, I know I'm going back and forth with Shushan and, and uh, Parashat B'Shalach. But basically this is the, what this whole month is all about. <laughs> now where did he get this inyan to do this? <laughs> this is what his elder Zaydi Esav really wanted to do. <laughs> it didn't happen to Esav that he got to uproot everything. It didn't happen to Amalek and it didn't happen to Haman. And it didn't happen... To the Third Reich, either Yemach Shemam. Ve'af dehu nechva, and he got burned. Kiba bazman shayu betachlit ha'ma'ala muchanim lekabel Torah. He got burned because it's true. I'm just going to read one more line. Ve'af delesha'a rafu yedehem berifidim. It's true. Rafu yedehem, their hands became weakened. Their spiritual connection got weakened. They were tired, the Midrash tells us. They were schlepping. And when you're tired, you're usually up to no good. You eat what you don't want to eat. You say to people what you don't want to say. You watch what you shouldn't watch. The Midrash says, they were, they were exhausted. They were physically exhausted. And Amalek saw they're exhausted. 
So he, th- he thought, they're exhausted. I can go and wipe them out all right now. And the Reb Tzadik is saying, they were just exhausted. They'll get a good shluf. They'll wake up in the morning like a lion. And so will we. Nachon? 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 Very good. Nachon? Listen, 1948, this, we're not tired. We just came, the, the gas chambers were three years prior. We're exhausted every time, and we're still, Ki'idu have every legitimate excuse to be tired. But Reb Tzadik is saying, all you need is just a good night shluf, right? Just get, you know, this is the way Hashem designed the world. And when you wake up again, but Amalek sees in front of him what he sees in front of him and says, they're tired. He didn't realize we're, we're about to get the Torah. We're, we're, who are you messing with? And the world doesn't realize you don't know who we're messing with. We're about to be the ones to say to the world the Mashiach is coming. We're about to be the ones to, to bring the great Besorah for you, my enemy. <laughs> for you, my, for, 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 for the whole world. If that doesn't bring us simcha, what could bring us simcha? This is the marbim, Reb Tzadik is saying, that happens in the Chodesh of Adar, when it could have been the exact opposite, and it's, and it's Baruch Hashem, Midah Keneged Midah, exactly the other way. Amen Ken Yeratzon. I was going to say, tired, you're also tired of another way of saying that you're not doing enough of what like, sparks enough in your soul. Yeah, 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 very much so. Very much so. But no, 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 tired over here. Here, it was tired. Here, they, they've, been, they've been walking, they've been running. They've been homeless, they're running. Here, it's actually tired. They were exhausted. Of course, we could always say, but, but spiritually, you're also, meaning to take that figure, to, you know, take it more, less, less literal, it's true. When you're tired, a person can sleep for 12 hours a night and still be exhausted in the morning. I don't know what that's like. I mean, I'm saying like... <laughs> so, right, everyone's looking at me like... But it's, a, it's possible that a person... I never know people that, you know, they could sleep 14 hours a day and they're, and they're exhausted because of what you're saying. Because it's draining. It's draining to not know who you are. It's draining to not be who you know you want to be. It's draining not being aligned with yourself. Yishrei Lev Simcha gives you more strength than anything else in the world. Mamash. Uh, yesterday I was in the studio and the, stu- the, 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 the studio manager was feeling so good. We were working with, with someone in there and he turned to me and said, you know how, how you feel after you give a shear? He said, brother, this is my Torah. I, I, this is what I... And he looked so alive. It was such a beautiful moment, aligned with his, you know, yeah, he's doing what he's doing, he's doing what he, and he's attributing it to like a higher purpose. It's an unbelievable thing. When people aren't in that zone, they look vulnerable, and the other side smells it and it tries to attack it. So that's what Reb is saying, Dafka. This month, again, what am I? What am I? Uh, what all year long? All year long, simcha. But then I realize what happens to me when I don't appreciate that which is always there to give me simcha, and I'm on the brink of annihilation, so I go to the other extreme and, and just am more and more aware of the schut that I have in my life to be a yid, 
and I become more and more of a Jew, and there's marbim besimcha, off the simple notion of that I could, I am someone that always has access to alignment, always. The cholei to the chosha, you know. He's saying the moment that Amalek came and fought us, what did we start doing? What did the tzaddik do? So listen to this beautiful Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu tells Yeshua, you go and fight the war, I got to do something else. What do I got to do? He goes up to the top of the mountain and he starts davening. Right? So the Mepharshim are asking, and Parshat B'Shal is saying, how could this be that, like this epic war, Moshe Rabbeinu is like suddenly the leader that did all these, you know, warrior-type, warrior-esque things for the last God knows how many years. Now it's too much for him. He's putting it on Yeshua, his, his, his Talmud. So the Ramban says that an amazing thing happened, is that the second that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the top of the mountain, when Yidin were fighting, physically, they saw in the background an imagery of Moshe, of their tzaddik davening for them. And I gave them all the koyach in the world. But you know who else? I'm thinking this now. You know who else saw an image of Moshe Rabbeinu fight a davening? Amalek. And that weakened Amalek just as much as a physical war against Amalek weakened them as well. The story of Megillus Esther involves no physical retaliation um, uh, in the beginning. It's just Esther davening. Nachon? It's just Esther davening. It's just the queen davening. It's lech knos kulayodim and us following her and davening. And davening because what Amalek is really doing to us when, we don't, when, we're, when we're okay with not being scared is that Amalek is basically reminding us because they're all shluchim. It's the Yitzhar anyways. They're saying, just go be yourself. What does a Yid do? A Yid davens. It's milvado. Go and be yourself again. And that's, that's like when, when a Mashiach is going to come when Mashiach is coming, as Mashiach is coming, all the, um, all the enemies will take off their masks and say, listen, I, I just, forgive me, but I was sent in this world to just remind you who you are. Now, it's very hard to hear that before Mashiach comes. But at the end of days, that will be the revelation of the dark side. And we should merit it without any more pain. We should know that Emma's without being pushed into a corner to know that Emma's. With sweetness and good news and Amtaka Sadinim for all of Am Yisrael. And, you know, when Am Yisrael is sweet, when, when Am Yisrael wins, the whole world really, really wins. The whole world really, really wins. We're here to give a besorat to the whole world. Shem, Hashem, let us do that and bring you infinite internal nachas. Okay.